Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? Got me and Sir Trenton of Gill in the studio today. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Uh, Trenton? Yeah, 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 oh, it's me. Yeah, Trenton, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't like, tell. What? <laughs> you were spitting rhymes. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the real Trenton. You're the real Trenton? Could the real Trenton please stand up? Probably. I can't. Don't do that My right face now. Will be yeah. away from the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like you like stand up and your headphones like rips everything off of the desk and it's like, oh, that's that's not what I was talking about, but great. All right. <laughs> well, today we want to talk about the difference and diversities in ministry, what that looks like biblically from mostly the the accounts in Acts and how the book of Acts actually tells us, right, it, it they say, well, a lot of people say, scholars, that is, say that Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, but the book of Acts means the Acts of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit came through, you see the Holy Spirit flowing and moving through people that were not just big A Apostles. Um, and so that is one of the books that we're really going to be kind of hitting and referencing a lot today. Uh, so if you are familiar with the book of Acts and, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, I've read it, I went through it, these are different things, we're going to pull out various characters throughout the book and uh, specific times and points inside of it to kind of pull out a uh, kind of like a, a blueprint for what ministry could look like today for you and what our understanding is of it. Before we uh, started the podcast, me and Trent were talking about how, you know, yes, there are apostles, there are evangelists, there are pastors, teachers, uh, deacons, and elders, but our definitions of what those things are today is very different from what the book of Acts even describes those things at. We have really changed it and then slapped titles and names on things, and it's not actually biblically accurate. Um, so that's why it's important for us to, you know, to go through these discipleship type courses or classes or whatever you would want to call this podcast. We we always want to make it, you know, biblically applicable for the life of the believer, and I think that it it shouldn't be so confusing or complicated. It should be easy. It should be simple. It should be simple enough to follow. Yeah, I agree. So um, the first person we want to kind of talk about is let's talk about Peter, right? So Peter followed Christ for the duration of his ministry on the earth. Uh, we know three and a half years he followed him, and then the Holy Spirit came and empowered Peter, and Peter goes and he, he uh, gives the gospel in front of thousands, and we see thousands of people saved. And uh, that happens after he is empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, in the upper room. Yes, I find it fascinating about Peter. Uh, like in Galatians 2, Galatians 2, 5 to 10, Paul kind of talks about how Peter was designated to go to those who are already Jewish, they're circumcised, whereas he was called to go to those who were uncircumcised. But then you'll even see in the book of Acts how Peter's message actually won over the uncircumcised, right. even though he wasn't specifically called there. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty fascinating how you can do your calling and still reach people outside of your area. Well, and I think too people try to use the people try to use that example of Peter and Paul and say, "Well, I'm only called to a certain people." 
And it's like, to some degree, yeah, that's true, but you're called to all of mankind, right? Like all people, right? If I, I only go and minister to people that are in my age group, then I'm missing out a good portion of the rest of the population. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way, uh, if you're listening to this and you're an older individual and you're like, hey, I don't, you know, I can't be around youth and young people and things like that, you are cutting off a, ha- a huge portion of ministry that you could be witnessing to and sharing the light of Christ to, right? Yes, we are call- we can be called to a specific large demographic, but then God can still use us in whatever capacity that is. We just wow. got to be flexible. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I actually remember seeing a testimony from an older man. He was probably about 70 years old, and he was talking about how he didn't feel he was called to help out the youth ministry, but even though like his heart was there, his mind wasn't there in connection with it. Right. They finally talked to him and talked him through it, and he went and did it. And that old man actually ended up uh, helping out a lot of youth, and they loved him, and they called him Pops. Nice. Well, now, if you look at even the the progression through the gospel, right? Paul goes and teaches, and he has these spiritual sons that he sows into. They're way younger than him. And he's sowing into them, knowing that they're that next generation. If we allow the enemy to talk us out of influencing that next generation, we'll miss what God has for us. Obviously, Paul pre- uh, preached and ministered to people his own age and older. But he also focused on that younger generation that was going to take over, right, to succeed him, like Timothy. So I think that when we're looking at, you know, the the ministry between Peter and then the, the ministry between uh, Paul— we see differences, right? We we don't really see Peter raising up uh, spiritual sons or speaking about them. Might be because Scripture doesn't really record it as as well, so we don't know if there were any, right? Just because it's not there doesn't mean it wasn't there. And so we do know with Paul that that is what he did, and that was his primary focus. And Peter was in Jerusalem for the most part, and um, he was building up the church there. So I think there is... You know, we're already seeing the diversities between uh, Peter and Paul, and then going down into the, the, I guess, that next set of area of people, you know, Stephen and Philip. So they're younger than Peter and Paul, and Stephen preaches one message, and then they stone him for it, and Jesus stands up for him. So we know that he, one, he was supposed to preach that message, two... Like, it was one of those things that was the most holy moment, and it even says that he saw Christ standing up for him, and, it, it, you you know, you get this image of him telling God, hey, don't hold this against the, the charge of these men on, on what they're doing, and then uh, Paul is among those men that are stoning him, holding their coats, you know, given either the permission or the authority or the blessing for that to even happen. And then later on, we see the ministry that happens with Paul, so it's like, Whatever that looks like in ministry, we should do that, right? That yeah. the Holy Spirit leads you into. It could be a small part. It could be raising up a spiritual son or daughter. It could be sowing into someone's ministry, or it could be, you know, baking pies or whatever. Uh, I think that people so um, they try to formulate what ministry is, and then they try to make a a cookie cutter image and a copy of it. They're like franchise model in ministry. Yeah, and we see that in you know modern organized organized ministry. Not that I'm opposed to those things. It's just that if it's not Christ and Christ isn't behind it, then I don't see why people do it. Like that, 
doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, well, I've got two examples that came to top of my head already. Nice. Um, one was well, like Stephen, he only did the one thing. Yep. People want to maybe say he didn't do enough, maybe you know, but there is an old prophet named Amos, and he was called. He was actually a uh, shepherd, a sheep keeper, whatever. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. they actually ended up yelling at him for telling the prophetic message. And he was like, bro, I'm not a prophet. I, w- I didn't come from a prophet. I'm not trying to make money here. Yeah. Like, I'm, this is what I was called to do. And he was obedient to it. It was one thing. But then you'll also see in uh, uh, Exodus chapter 31, and this is like when all the people are starting to build the tabernacle or the temple structure it says that god has specifically called up all kinds of craftsmen to make artistic designs whether gold silver bronze or cutting stones so he's given everybody special gifts and talents right and that's their ministry mm-hmm. like the part of the whole ministry process wouldn't have happened if they didn't create stuff and he gifted him for that what well, i think too is we talk about paul and he he references all the time about uh, the body, right? The diversity of each member in the body. Yeah. That goes right to that, right? You can't sit there and say, well, these people are in charge of this, so they're not doing that. So they're not as good as them. They're doing what God called them to do. Right. So if you're doing what the Lord is calling you to do, then do that, right? That could look like a variety of things. I, I have a, a good friend of mine who's out in uh, Missouri, and the Lord called him and his wife to foster kids. And that is his, you know, his ministry is like fostering kids and raising them up. And, and it's like, do we need godly people fostering kids? Absolutely, we need that. But then somebody who's religious will see the ministry he's doing and say, wait, hold up. You're not a pastor over a church or you don't have a congregation of two or three hundred members. So you ain't nothing. And it's like, no, he's doing what God called him to do. Right. So we can't, we cannot uh, judge the the level of ministry based on our formula of what we think that it's supposed to be. Just yeah. the same way between Stephen and Peter, and and Paul, it's like all of them are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even Philip, uh, Philip goes into Samaria and he ends up doing a holding a revival there, and miracles, signs, and wonders flow through him, and he ends up uh, seeing great uh, miraculous things happening. And it's very much different than what happened with Paul and with Peter and everybody else. And people are like, well, you know, yeah, miracles happen, but only at the hands of the apostles. What about him? Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't an apostle. And so often people get um, so um, used to titles or they try to label things. And that's probably the biggest mistake that a believer in the body of Christ can do, Right. So if I sit there and I label somebody, that means I'm not expecting or I am expecting. I might be expecting too much or I might not expect enough, but I'm not being led by the Spirit. And I see people do that in, in, in a lot of churches, right? They have teens that are in there. They tell them, hey, you got the Holy Spirit in you. You're a new creation now. And then they say, hey, I feel like the Lord told me that. No, be quiet, <laughs> sit down, right? It's like, Wait, do they got the Holy Spirit in them, or do they not? Do they need to sit down and wait until they're 30 before they can say anything? Like, I'm, I'm confused, right? <laughs> it's like, what, is that, what does that look like? What do you mean? Well, we told them that they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then they tried to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we said, hey, go sit in the back. <laughs> it's not your turn yet. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about being Spirit-led, and Philip, so in Acts chapter 8, 
the Holy Spirit led him to one person that that yeah the, the, the eunuch yeah and and that was after he did the crusade in Samaria so he's like he's now going to one person and it's one there it is well there you go that's Jesus's message he'll go yep. after the one absolutely right after it. So, so you don't which, have to have a huge crowd so which one was the greatest was it uh, was it the village or was it the one both of them it's the one you're in right now the village it does take a village too uh, which yeah that's true in uh, Luke chapter 8, specifically verse 3, it talks about all of these different women who contributed to support Jesus' ministry from their own personal means. Right. That was their ministry as well. So mm -hmm. ministry looks different for a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think when you see the diversity of the body of Christ and the diversity of ministry and not uh, viewing one higher than the other, it, I think that that gets you into a place of where you are able to be led and you're not being uh, misled. Does that make sense? Because if someone says, well, and then if you're not an apostle, then you haven't really done anything for God, then it's like, well, now you're trying to strive for something. Maybe you're not called to do that. Or if you're not a pastor or you're not an evangelist, hey, if you're not, and I've heard this from people, they're say, well, if you haven't gone on a missions trip and you've done this or that, I'm like, you better be led by God to go to a missions trip. You want to go to a third world nation persecuted country and put your life on the line? You better be led by God. You don't want to just be out there because you can buy a plane ticket. That's how you end up martyred. Yep. And not, and not for Jesus' sake. That's, you know, you get up there and you're talking to the crowd, Lord, why am I up here? And he's like, well, I never told you to go. <laughs> but uh, I see your zeal. Good job, I guess. I don't know. I see you, you soon. Know, yeah, see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't go before your time. And so if you're supposed to be here, and then then do that, be led by the Spirit. What if God says, well, no, the divine appointment I had for you was actually at the Walmart, but now you're in Kenya doing, doing some for, form of ministry that you're not called to. You're missing the real divine appointment that's actually at Walmart. You know, but the enemy can distract you, even with ministry. And Paul even spoke on that when he was like, hey, some say they follow Apollo, some say they follow Paul, yada, yada, yada. He's like, hey, we're all in this together. He's like, I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, stop viewing that and saying, I'm a follower of this person, I'm a follower of that person. Yeah. It's like, they, they do that now, you know? The, it's like, and we see scripture that tells us to be watchful and to, to be aware of those things and not fall into it. Paul would say, "Don't fall into this." Hey Timothy, you know they're gonna they're gonna bring up teachers. They're gonna preach their own thing. And they're gonna do this. Don't be surprised by that. That shouldn't throw you off guard. He's like, "You just stay the course. Preach the word. Uh, build up the people. Raise faithful people also, so that they can continue on the gospel message." And it's like he's like, "Stay in your lane. That's what you need to do. Stay like Holy Ghost spiritual. Stay in your lane, right? If the Holy Spirit is calling you into something, go do that, regardless if it's if it's cleaning toilets. If the Holy Spirit's like your ministry is cleaning toilets, man, clean those toilets the best of your ability, and don't sit there and and dishonor it and be like, well, this isn't valued. Are you kidding me? How do you know if God called you into it? Do that. Hmm. It that's where you get your value in." The issue is is pride, right? Pride and uh, selfishness, right? So we always sit there with our own minds thinking, and Paul even preached on that, don't think more of yourself than what you ought. And as the Holy Spirit comes in and, and tells you, hey, I need you to go do this, then you'll be okay with it. Yeah. People ask me, they say, well, Caleb, you preached in these big crusades and done these different things. What What is the 
your your best part of ministry, or what is your uh, the the most significant thing in ministry? And I say what I'm doing right now. Like right now, we're doing this podcast. Right now, this podcast is a big deal. Right? I can't look at previous events because then you'll get stuck in those previous events. You need to move forward. Right? Yeah. And I'm not thinking so far forward ahead that I'm missing what I'm doing now. Like right now, someone's listening to this podcast and they're going. Hey, what am I supposed to do? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Know that there's a diversity of ministries. And if God's called you into it, don't take that as commonplace. See that as a really holy thing. If God's calling you to start a Bible study, do that. If God's called you to start a gym ministry, do that. If God's called you to foster kids, do that. It, you know, if he's called you to do some youth program or activity where you get a bunch of kids together and just go play basketball or you take them out somewhere, Go do that. Well, it's not 501c3 sanctioned by some ministry denomination or organization. doesn't have to be. That's not in the book of Acts. <laughs> it's not there. When you're talking about holy versus common and stuff, what I was thinking, what came to my mind was the Pharisees, and Jesus was saying they loved its pride. You know, They love to do all this stuff to get all the attention. Blah, it's blah, the blah. root of everything. And yet really they're is. neglecting the widows, yeah. which made me think of Ruth. She was doing the common. What she did was devote herself because she felt led to and obedient to stick with Naomi, yeah. who was a widow, mm-hmm. and out of her obedience and doing the common, which was going to get food, she ended up meeting Boaz, and Jesus came from Yeah, her. right. Uh, so, yeah, ministry looks so completely different, and it can the holy can be common, yes. and the common can be holy. Yeah. Well, and I've I've met so many people that have done things very common that it was like God called them into that. Well, if God's called you into it, then it is holy, even if it resembles commonness, right? Like uh, I've heard of people volunteering their time for Habitat to Humanity, building houses and doing these different things, and they're like, God called me into that. Then do that. But I'm not going to sit there and tell everybody, hey, you want to do something for God? Go and do this. Well, that's not for them, Right. They need to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit has called them into. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, it's a, it, that is a beautiful thing about the diversity in the body of Christ. If everybody that was Spirit-filled uh, started a podcast, it would, not, it would not be the same, right? God told us to do it, so we need to do it. So as he told us to do it, then I, okay, we'll do it. But not everybody should do that. Why? If God didn't call you to do it, then it's going to, one, waste your time and distract you from really what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think that it that's kind of like that. the the beautiful message of the gospel is that God uses all sorts and types of diverse people. Uh, and I know, you know, people will sit there and say, well, Jesus was, you know, all this and that and is was against diversity and was against people and was, you know, all these things cuz liber- liberals love to say that type of stuff. And they'll say, "Well, you blah blah blah, you serve this and that." And I'm like, "You haven't even read the Bible and you don't know even know its historical context. Like if you even thought about the diversity that was in Jerusalem when pre- when Peter preached, you'd be like, "There is a plethora of people from all different nations, tongues and diversities in this one meeting." It's not just the same type of person. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, so we got to reach those people. Well, how do we do that? Well, we need all types. We need all types, man. And that's why you need a Peter, you need a Paul, you need a Stephen, you need a Philip. All different, 
fulfilling all the different portions of ministry that they are called to. And together, they have that reach, right? The problem that we see today is that everybody's trying to do the same thing because someone told them, this is ministry, do this. And it's like, that's wrong. And how many people, like, dude, I've counseled a ton of of, uh, pastors and evangelists, and as I begin talking with them, they didn't even get into ministry because God told them to get into ministry. They got into ministry because someone else told them that they should do that. Mm. And so then they're getting burnt out. They're miserable. They're sitting there. They don't have the grace for it. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And people sit there and say, well, what? You're telling them to get down that? I'm telling them to go listen, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. If they're not supposed to be there, then they need to be putting the person that's supposed to be in there there, you know? Because there's a void both ways. One, they're not fulfilling their call. Two, they're in the way of somebody else that's supposed to be fulfilling their call. Wow. That reminds me of Jonathan and David. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan was technically the next in line for to be king. And Saul even got mad at Jonathan and tried to kill him because he was sticking up for David. What well, that's big, that's huge. Yeah. Like Jonathan was being obedient in his ministry, which was to David. Yeah. He's like, no, he's supposed to be. He's like, you are the rightful heir. Yeah. He's like, you might think I'm supposed to be, but this isn't where I'm supposed to be. So how much have we seen that? It's like people doing things or uh, for the sake of religion over the sake of relationship with the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see more fruit off of being led by the Holy Spirit and doing what the Holy Spirit's called you to do, whatever that looks like. If the Holy Spirit tells you to, to you know, start a church in the middle of nowhere, go start the church in the middle of nowhere. Don't use your brain and try to figure out, well, i got to do this and i got to do that and i got to do all those things. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Ask questions, obviously. Well, what does a church in this area look like? Well, it could be a home fellowship. It could look like a uh, some type of a ministry out in, into the various areas. Like, we have no idea, right? you yeah. got to be led by the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? What does ministry look like? You know, a previous uh, portion in our time of time, me and Josh, when we were younger, we would take uh, bologna sandwiches down to the river, and we would feed homeless people that was down there, and we would minister to those people. And it's like, well, why are you doing that? The Holy Spirit told us to do that. I'm not telling everybody to go do that. They need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You can go down by the river and hand out food and get killed. Be led by the Holy Spirit, right? Same way with evangelism, same way with street ministry, same way with everything. Go with the leading of the Holy Spirit, not because someone sends you like a man sends you or someone tells you that you ought to. Because that, I mean, the, the enemy can use people too, right? And influence people and then sow that seed into somebody else. Dude, I've seen ministers tell other people, you need to sell everything you have and go move to Africa. What? You better be led by the Holy Spirit on that, because that dude's not going to keep you in Africa. <laughs> but if God sends you to Africa and to sell everything, then go, go and do that. And I think it's just so simple, Trenton. I think it. I think it is so complicated, and, and people put so much weight on it. And Jesus even said, "Hey, my my yoke. This is this is light. Just do what I tell you. Like be led by the Spirit. Don't put all these excessive burdens on you." Don't weigh yourself down with this religious garbage. Like, how much stuff do people uh, allow 
religion and tradition to weigh them down. Yeah. Oh, this is expected of me. This is expected of me. This is expected of me. And that whole time they're doing all the things that man's called them to do, but they haven't done one thing God's called them to do. Yeah. And Paul even <laughs> says in First uh, Galatians 1.10, is he out to please man or God? If you're trying to please man, you can't be a servant of Christ. And that's really what it comes down to. You really got to do what God's calling you to do. And if sometimes that goes against what religion will tell you to do, which is it seems counterintuitive, but it's actually the right way. Right. Yeah. And it, you got to think about the motive and the heart behind it, you know, because <clears throat> you can have things happen and it's like, well, what was the heart behind it? You know, if call, God's called someone to, you know, start some form of ministry, whatever that would look like, and it requires them to uh, separate from some other form or type of ministry, it's like, well, what was the heart in it? Well, was it an offensive fight? They didn't like one another. They had an argument or disagreement. Or was it because the Holy Spirit says, okay, now I need you to go here yeah. and do this. And then the Holy Spirit has called them to go and do this. That is cool. Do that. Like, don't live in, in that uh, regret and that form of offense or bitterness or resentment or pride, right, or selfishness. Like, come on, let's rise above. Let's, let's be what God has called us to be. Walk into those things and not sit there and think, well, it's got to look like this and it's got to do all these different things. Because honestly, you, people discourage themselves because they try to compare themselves to other people that are doing ministry and they're like, well, why isn't my ministry doing what their ministry is doing or why isn't it doing that? You're not called to that. So it's not going to look like that. And if you try to make it look like that, you're going to fail because God's not behind it. So he's not going to bless that mess, you know? And that's what we do as Christians. Oftentimes we're like, God, I'm in the middle of this mess. Bless it. And he's like, no, I never called you there. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I'm calling you over here. But God, what do they think about me? Who cares what they think about you? What do you don't you care what I think about you? <laughs> Go do what I called you to do. You know? Wow. Uh, Those thoughts that were running in my head were the uh, thoughts of like, it's cartoon. Gotcha. I often think in cartoon. Mm-hmm. But I'm picturing all these different animals, like mm-hmm. the zebra, like trying to be an eagle, and he jumps yes. off a cliff. Yeah, and he's like, "Bump." <laughs> <laughs> I love that imagery. <laughs> Absolutely do. Just like Peter, Jesus. What about this man? What is it about John? <laughs> what What is it about him? Don't worry about him. You You worry about what I'm calling you to do. You follow me. You follow me. Yep, I'll follow you, Lord, whatever that looks like. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, we pray that this episode has encouraged you, it has uplifted you, and as far as practical application, just know that there is diversities of ministries. And just because some religion or tradition has labeled something and defined something in a way that's actually not biblical, it's not coming from the book of Acts, like or the rest of the Bible— you know, ministry can look and take on the shape and form of a variety of things. So we just really want to encourage you guys, don't limit yourself, don't limit the the ability of the Holy Spirit to use you, to flow through you, to go and minister to others, others that are outside of your demographic, outside of your socioeconomic status, different than your age group, like whatever that looks like, be obedient to the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit has called you to do, understanding that it's okay 
to be different than other people. God has actually called you to be different, and God needs and wants and desires to flow through you differently than someone else, just like Peter, Paul, Philip, and Stephen. So whatever that looks like, be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.